Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story. I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So What's Your Story? Hello, and today in the studio we've got Andy Mee. Hi Andy, welcome to uh, So What's Your Story? Well, Ian, thanks ever so much for having me. I never thought I had a story that somebody would want to hear, so I'm very touched to be here. <laughs> well, you certainly have, but before we talk about where you're at right now, Andy, I just wanted to just reminisce a little bit about sure. your career because it's a very interesting career. <laughs> at one point, you were down in UK head office of Sega yeah. uh, as their European marketing director for video games. That was a, an illustrious career, and I'm sure it was uh, very exciting at times and very um, sort of stressful at times. And yeah and very sort of fast pace. Big swanky offices. You, oh, yeah. you, you were very well looked after, as far as I understand. And then it all just sort of... Well, I think if I wind you back, let's, let's kind of start at the beginning, as it were. So I left a comprehensive secondary school with no qualifications. I never went to college. I never went to university or anything. I wow. literally left school on the Friday, and I started in uh, an amazing old department store called Alders of Croydon on nice. the, uh, the following Monday. Didn't really know where I was going to go. I didn't know what my career was going to be. And, yeah. and certainly looking back on it now, I just think, wow. But I, I've been a salesman all my life. Uh, I passionately believe in customer service. Yeah. And that was drilled into me by some of the very first people that I got to work with in, in the department store. Yeah. And I was set an ambition by an old department store, uh, one of my department managers in ready-made curtains, and he said, he said, son, he said, if you can walk past a tailor's shop, see a shirt in the window and buy it, you've been successful. <laughs> and that was it. That was your horizon. You that, know? Was your, yeah. that was your point. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not talking about, yes, when you can buy your first Porsche or anything like yeah. that. It was just, look, son, if you can buy a shirt in a tailor's window. And I think from that point on, I understood mm. what it was all about to put the customer at the heart of whatever it is you do, whether you're in B2B sales or B2C sales or whatever. Mm. I, I, uh, I mean, prior to that, I'd been doing things like milk rounds at the weekends mm. and paper rounds mm. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So worked through the department store and eventually got a job with Toshiba, the, um, the running or being a merchandiser. So I used to go into the electricity yeah. boards as they were then yeah. and dressing microwave ovens and things like that. And wow. eventually got through more consumer electronics brands and and then eventually into Sega and had a fabulous, eventually became marketing director mm. for Europe and had a fabulous office with a pinball machine in it. And wow. kids who used to write to me and say, what's it like to have the best job in the world? No, not was, bad for a kid who's come from a comprehensive... Well, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, but I've never been never been shy of hard work. Yeah. Um, I think that the experience that my father gave me, um, he... He equally had been very dyslexic. I'm I'm also very dyslexic. Okay. And uh, my dad had been very dyslexic, but he had grafted. My mum and dad both came from Moss Side in Manchester, right. and they made it their mission that they were going to try and better the uh, outlook for um, for their three sons, of mm. which I'm the youngest of the three. Mm. And they they worked 
blinking hard yeah. and um and you get that and i was brought up on my dad's little red engine story of it going up the hill and saying i will if i can i will if i can i will if i can and you don't kind of give up on yeah. that you just yeah. it's so easy and and you know modern life even more so is so fast and it's the throwaway culture and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah you know and the old henry ford adage that hard work is dressed in overalls and you know that kind of thing is is how I believe that you're never going to get anything in life for free. I mean, yeah, sure, some people win the lottery, but you've got to work hard at it, and you've got to keep going. I, I live by the mantra that a, a river cuts through a rock not because of its strength, but because of its perseverance, and that's how I try to be, uh, and how I am now with my business and. Yeah. and other elements of my life. But, yeah, going back over my career, it's had its ups and downs. It's had been the first time I was ever made redundant. I remember back in the day before email and stuff, sending 66 letters out in a day yeah. and not getting one single job interview, you know. And it, it, those kind of things that yeah. that make you the person you are today because you've been through those Yeah those elements of it. It's really funny because you may may not know my background is sales. I still work as a, in business development. Uh, and, you know, the hard knocks, you have to take them oh, uh, because sure. it's, it's part of cutting your teeth and learning your career. Uh, even now, the hard knocks are sometimes hard to take, but you, that word you use, perseverance, is absolute key. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you, you sent 66 letters out, but you didn't give up, did you? No, no, definitely not. You know. Well, I, I went to work, when I went to work for Toshiba, I, um, I was very fortunate enough to sell into Tottenham Court Road. Right. And I do remember a gentleman in Tottenham Court Road. I was trying to sell in the, uh, at the time when the Sony Walkman was the big thing. Yeah. Toshiba had yeah, yeah. a similar kind of product. Right. And uh, I went in to see this gentleman and I did my full presentation and I said, and it's better than the Sony. And he said, let me tell you, he said, I could put a block of shit in the window and put Sony on it and people would buy it. <laughs> so don't try and tell me your product is any better than Sony. And that's that kind of thing yeah, that yeah. you have brand perceptions yep. and then when you're selling a secondary brand you're absolutely right and the old adage that you have to touch people nine times before they'll buy mm. is very very true and mm. certainly true in in the uh, in my current business that yeah. we'll get we'll get on to later yeah. yeah and for those younger listeners um just uh to 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 give you a Google it. Google, Google, Google Sony Walkman. Everybody had one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Orange headphone buds. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, whoa, they were full. Whoa. I mean, if you had one now, oh. you'd be... <laughs> yeah, I suspect you're right. Lot, probably get a lot of money on eBay. I bet you would, yeah, for the, origi the original metal one with the blue yeah, front. And I mean, whoa. Yeah. I mean, now you're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, so fast forward a little bit. Um, or quite a bit. Now the founder um, of you're the, now the founder. free drinks company. I am, sir, yes. Yeah, and this gentleman is just unbelievable. I mean, Andy, you gave me your current brochure with your SKUs in. SKUs is range, for those who don't understand that terminology. They're individual items. And I'm just going to try and show this to the camera. Hopefully you can see that. There is absolutely tons in here, alcohol-free alternatives. Now, even a red wine. And I, I noticed something that you said to me. You're not saying you're anti-alcohol. Quite right. You're pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. And there's Absolutely. a big difference, isn't there? Completely, completely. And I feel really passionate about this. I also talk to people about your credit card. I know you, Ian, you, like I, don't drink alcohol. 
Right. Your credit card is exactly the same as somebody who does. So to any on-trade or food and beverage manager or retail manager, why is your credit card any lesser of a way to purchase than somebody who drinks alcohol? I'm the only thing I have a real problem with is sober shaming. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll touch on sober shaming because that to me is the blight on society that causes all of the problems with alcohol. Mm. It is that moment, and I'm sure you've experienced it yourself. Mm. What do you mean you don't drink? Alcohol out for one. Yeah, Come yeah. on, what's the matter with you? Yep. Society suggests that drinking alcohol is the norm. I gave up smoking probably about oh, eight to ten years ago, and everybody's like, oh, well done, mate, that's great. You give up alcohol, and it's mm. like, what's the matter? Oh, what's wrong with you? I know. Oh, couldn't you cut? Oh, did you get the judgment, <laughs> the element of judgment when you give up alcohol as opposed to when you give up smoking. Yeah. And I I see my products, if you like, as almost like the vaping for drinkers. Yeah. It is something there. It is a, a direct alternative to alcohol. Yeah. It tastes the same. What I talk to people about is, is you can either go down a, a flavour route or a sensation route. Now, somebody imbibing a 40% gin is going down a flavour and... Uh, and an experience route. They're mm. getting that. Mm. Now, I can copy, I sell a fantastic rhubarb and ginger gin. Yep. It's a rhubarb and ginger flavour profile yep. copy. Yep. If you want the hit of 40% ABV, well, I'll sell you something else. If you want the experience of it. And it, where we're coming as an industry, and very, very fast, and you mentioned my catalogue, most of the brands in there didn't exist before 2018. Mm. There's so many more people really clever people who mm. are doing some fantastic things in the alcohol-free drinks world and you mentioned didn't you in the catalogue there's so many SKUs in there but you're now ready for a reprint because you've had a load more come on yeah and the interesting thing is you mentioned to me that uh, and, and your business partner was in here yes, she was indeed hannah taylor from yeah. um, the sober butterfly collective and it's great how you guys have collaborated um but the interesting thing for me around that was you were doing car fest Yes. And I remember you saying to me, Ian, I'm just I'm just uh, getting all my little sample cups and uh, I'm going to do a PIMS. I was like, you can't, come on, you can't have an alcohol-free PIMS, yep. but you can, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And can. I've looked through this brochure and there's whiskey, bourbon, gin, red wine, lager, uh, there's beers, everything. stouts. Beers, stouts. Yep. Whole lot. We're going to have a nice German Weissen beer after this. We're going to have a cold beer in the sunshine we're together. Have, we're going to have a cold beer in the sunshine yeah, after this. Yeah. Non-alcoholic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and you and, and let's because this bit really intrigued me. What you were just talking to me about off air. Um, it started in a curry house. Yes, my whole journey started. Well, let's rewind my my how I how I started because I think it's this, part this of, business now. Yeah. yeah. Um, how. Um, I've been in sales and marketing all my life. Yeah. I've been drinking as part of sales and marketing. You just do. You, you just entertain do. clients. Da 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 da. I would never have said I was. I had an alcohol problem. Right. I had. I was a social drinker. Yeah. Um, in my youth, I'd been a hockey player, and you know how that goes. The jugs go round on a yep. Saturday afternoon, and you never know what you're drinking. And da 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 da. So I've always been what I what I classify or classified as a social drinker. I had. Probably should have taken a little bit note on the basis now I've been divorced three times. Um, okay. That okay. my second wife was the first one who said, you've got an alcohol problem. Oh, okay. and, uh, and I said, 
of course I haven't. Mm. And then my my uh, the lady who uh, sadly we have separated um, through alcohol and through my attitude uh, at during 2020. Mm. Um, she got to the point where she was really enraged with me about it, and I still didn't see it because right. you just think, of course I haven't got a problem. Of course I can I can mm. kick it any time. But actually now I describe myself as a switch, not a dial. I was either on or off alcohol, i.e. if I took the cap off a bottle of wine, that wine was gone and I would continue till I fell asleep. Unfortunately, I never never did anything, you know, I wasn't somebody who went around beating people up and I just fell asleep on the sofa every night. It was a great person to live with. Um, But that then came to a head in 2020 um my my uh, my wife and i ran a chain of indoor soft play centers nice. which of course during the pandemic um were closed mm. and the whole what did you do to look after the staff and you know the furlough scheme was great but people didn't realize that individual small business owners were having to still fund holiday pay and pension fund pension all that kind of stuff so it became really critical and my way out from that was you know, drinking wine that would start at, supposedly start at six o'clock on a Friday, became Thursday, became Monday, became Tuesday, became Wednesday, became four o'clock, became two o'clock. Because during lockdown, what was there to do? And like a million more people in this country are now addicted to alcohol. And you've perhaps seen all the stats from the Scottish Health Service over the number of people who now are critically ill with alcohol because Mm. of lockdown. It's one of those silent elements of lockdown that doesn't really get talked about. Mm. People were at home. The number of people who talked to me and said, well, I never used to drink at home, but there was nothing else to do. So yeah. I started to drink. And and it was this 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 sort of creeping in of a habitual habit, which um, somebody spoke to me about recently, where she said, you know, I'd noticed that I'd get the wine out at 7.30, you know, I'd be cooking or, or we were just about to sit down for the family meal and I'd pour myself a glass. And I'd think, you know, that's not a problem. Then I'd have another one with the meal. And then as time was passing, that 7.30 was becoming 7, yeah. 6.30, exactly. 6. Then it was a whole bottle, you know. And she she said, I, I, I didn't particularly feel that I had a problem with alcohol, but alcohol could have easily become a problem to me. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, exactly what happened to me. Um, I I started, and then I started deviously hiding wine, um, yeah, multi buys in the supermarkets are a great marketing tool, but not if you're on the edge, <laughs> because buying six and getting twenty five percent off it that's fantastic. That means you can buy ten at the same price, kind of thing, <laughs> you know. So it's that that kind of thing that the lockdown did, and so when um, when sort of Lisa gave me the ultimatum, and I I quit at the um, I, I had Christmas twenty twenty, and then did the dry January. Uh, fell off the wagon a couple of times in the February and we sadly split up on the 6th of March. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so am I. Uh, but I wasn't a great person to live with. You know, okay. I, 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 I never, I think the thing with mental illness, particularly for me now, I'm 59 years old. Mm. I was brought up in the, put your socks up, lad. You know, mm. what's the matter with you? Mm. No one talked about mental health. No, no. one talked about particularly as a man mm. expressing your uh, inner feelings yes um that fabulous um 
uh, cage fighter who was, uh, yeah. who, who's, yeah. you know, I'd rather my best friend cry on my shoulder than go to his funeral next week. Mm. It's an amazing statement mm. and one that, you know, when I was growing up in the 70s, mm. you know, I, I was born in 62 and you're growing up in the 70s, none of that. None of no. that ever happened. You the, didn't. It wasn't have that culture. Definitely, it not. just wasn't that culture to express yourself about inner feelings and anything that was troubling you in your mind. And you're very much this man up. Get yeah, up, yeah. Get on, get on with get it. Get on with it, lad. You know, it, it, it'll all be all right. You know, I'll just, it's just, you know, it'll be gone tomorrow. Yeah. All of these phrases, which, which are just no good to anybody. Well, it just suppressed it all. It suppresses it all. And in fact, I've got a guest coming on to this show uh, from Mentel. Oh, and great. He, he actually um, runs a, a, a circle for men to to explore their feelings in a safe environment. And I'm not going to sort of uh, hijack this, this podcast sure. to talk more about that, but I think one very important stat that um, just... In fact, two important stats that blew me away. Um, 79%... Sorry, get this right. I'm mixing my numbers up. 72% of men under the age of 49 who take their lives have never seen a GP or had medical <sighs> intervention. Jeepers. So sad. And 89%, and this has just been published by the BMA, uh, the British, BMJ, British Medical Journal. Yeah. 89% um, of senior staff in the NHS are on antidepressants. Wow. Crikey. Well, I mean, that says it. So we need somewhere to be able to just talk about, you know, these issues, whether yeah. it's been driven from alcohol, whether it's just life stress is getting yeah. on top of you, when it's finances. I mean, finances now is going to oh, be a crikey. big issue oh, for a lot of people. They, well, again, going back to sort of my age, you know, I I remember the 70s. You know, I remember negative equity in housing and stuff. Yeah. There's all sorts of horror stories that could be coming out over the next few six to 12 months, which are going to really hurt people. Yeah. And in that instance, men in particular need to realise they can open up. They have to be able to talk. I met a fabulous guy called Tom Chapman who runs the Lions Barber Collective right. um, at Carfest, and he's there at Carfest South. He just gets a bunch of guys to cut people's hair and talk to people and i'm hoping to work oh, with him yeah. and just yeah. say look take some alcohol free beer with you and just say to people who are struggling mm. who think that they need that crutch mm. you know for for all of your listeners hopefully if they take one thing away from me babbling on for an hour or so with you <laughs> is you don't need alcohol as a crutch no you, you don't. just don't need it no you don't and actually it causes you more harm than it will ever, ever solve. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying you're more qualified than me on this. Alcohol actually, because of its makeup, is a poison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, raw ethanol is, is a poison. And that's what, you know, alcohol effectively is. And it's it's an addictive substance. Yeah. And like I say, you know, going back to my story and my journey. I'd, I'd just been a social drinker, Ian. You know, I was, I was, yeah. uh, you know, the life and soul of the party and all that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. And you just don't think that you've got a problem. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, and now even more so as I now understand it, you know, an alcoholic was somebody who had white lightning on the park bench at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That, that's what society wants you to believe. Yes. Because big drinks industry wants you to believe that mm -hmm. imbibing alcohol is the norm. Mm. I mean, I, I used to listen to Radio 2, mm -hmm. right? 
I cannot listen to it anymore. And I can't listen to it because I get so frustrated with a Friday night or even some of the evenings where they, they're saying, go and open a cork, you know, un uncork a bottle of something. You've deserved it. No, you haven't. It's a Friday. So what? Mm. You know, it's this, it's this perpetuating the reward cycle yeah. that alcohol is some form of reward. And I think that I think there's an interesting point that you make there, and I, I want to pick up on it if I may. You talk about this perception of the guy with the with the, the bottle of cider yeah, yeah. Or, or the homeless person uh, sitting on the on the floor in a sleeping bag, yeah. wiped out. I can categorically tell you in my journey of four and a half years of being without alcohol on a sobriety journey, it's been one of enlightenment in many, many cases. Correct. And one of those enlightening moments was meeting a bunch of people who were on the journey that I was on. And the facilitator said, OK, no surnames, but just your first name and a little bit about you. It blew my head off because I thought I was in the wrong room. First guy was a barrister. Next lady was a headmistress of a private school. You know, next guy was a surgeon. So when we think about who alcohol affects, it can affect anybody. Yeah. But our perception sometimes, or society's perception, is that it only hits this lower grade. Yeah. Is absolute BS. It, mm, absolutely. It, and there's a lot of people out there who are functioning alcoholics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. and, and they are the mum on the school run. You know, I, I heard talk of a, of a lady who would regularly go and pick up her own child at three o'clock, having been drunk. Yeah, pissed, yeah. yeah. Not only that, she's driving the, the Range Rover to go and pick them up. Yeah, I know. And, and I, I, I am not proud of a lot of things that I did when I had my alcohol addiction. But my God, some of the times I got behind the wheel of a car, and it's frightening to think mm. that... What could have happened? What could have happened? At yeah. any time, I got my kids in the back, I got yeah. my wife in the car. And I think now, one of the things that's recently happened four weeks ago, the law changed that if you now kill somebody under the influence of alcohol, you will go to prison for life. Wow. No, no questions. And I, I think that but, more but, of that has to happen. But isn't that funny? You're telling me that. And I wasn't aware. Yeah. So it's really gone under the radar. Correct. It's not made a headline news. No, it should have been. Or may, or may have just scouted through the news. It, but let's just let's just reiterate, we're not here to be anti-alcohol. No, absolutely not. You are pro-choice. Pro-choice. You know, and, you know, the, 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 the important thing here is stop sober shaming as well. Because yeah. for me, on my journey, Andy, there was many, many occasions. In fact, this is horrendous, listeners. Um, to be um, spiked in your drink oh. when you are on a sober journey. And what people forget is when you have completely eliminated f alcohol from your life for quite some time, a number of things come back. Your smell, your taste, your yep. energy, um, everything comes back beyond any of your wildest dreams. Yep. And you, I could smell it, fortunately. Mm. I suspected somebody had done it and I smelt the drink and I was like... Well, I they think they're being you know, funny. You know, oh, no, the person, yeah. actually, I, I found the culprit. Yeah. And they thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, I, I just, I just, I didn't flip, but I left the, the room. It's yeah. just, it, it is beyond me. I mean, I, I went through my first sober Christmas last year. You've got a few more Christmases yeah. under, under your belt. And I. New Year's. And that's a yeah, funny yeah. one. That's a yeah, funny one. I found, I found myself one New Year at 5.30am. Yes, I do get up early every day. Uh, but I, at 5.30am with my dog on Formby Beach. And there was me and two other people. And I was like, well, where's everybody else? Well, yeah. probably. 
<laughs> if, they're, if they're not in, you know, somewhere nice, exotic, they're probably in bed yeah. nursing the hangover or they're still partying. Yes, could be. <laughs> what I found was, was that the drinks industry um, and society push alcohol so much at Christmas. And I never even noticed it. Oh, yeah, they do. You, yeah. you just, you're, well, you're not, of course, the proper host unless you've got a Baileys over ice <laughs> and you're able to, uh, all of your guests will come in wanting that Irish whiskey. And, and, and it's it, like, wait. Yeah, and you're right. And what, why do we, why do we, when, when the family comes together, if, if you're, a, you know, a, a, an alcohol family, you'll come around early and there'll be a glass of something for you yeah. upon reception. You wouldn't do that normally. If you're, no. if you're at work, <laughs> exactly. you, you won't be, be having a glass of uh, fizz, would you? Yeah. At like 11.30 in the morning and exactly. then sitting down with another, another you know, you just, you just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So you're right, it's, it's a societal thing and we've done it for years. And there's but a, but there's we're a, told it's the norm. Yeah, we're know. told, we, 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 even in this country, more so than things like the Mediterranean countries where they will teach their children from a very early age, to have a little bit of wine to complement their meal. Yes. We, in this country, I, I call myself part of the time gentleman police culture. So because of my age, I remember when pubs used to close and <laughs> Sundays they used to close at 12, uh, open at 12, close at 2.30, and at 20 past two, they would ring a bell. Yeah. And at that bell, most of the blokes would swarm to the bar, yep. go and get two or three pints, yep. come back, yep. be given 20 minutes to neck them... <laughs> And you would neck them. And so then at three o'clock, people are staggering out of the pub and they've only got to amuse themselves for three hours until the pub's open again at six. Yeah. And then at six till 10, 20, yeah. the same thing would happen. You'd be still drink. 20 past 10, ding, 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 everybody's back there. Yeah. 10 to 11, everybody's yeah. charged out onto the streets. Yeah. Productivity in this country in the 70s and 80s has been terrible on a Monday morning <laughs> because people were rushing to go and get those last couple of pints in. <laughs> We we grew up as this generation. We grew up as a time gentleman please culture. Yeah. And that is why I think we are a culture of binge drinkers, because we were preconditioned to throw things down your neck. You were only given a very short amount of time. We never treated children to mm. have a little bit of wine, have a, understand the flavours, understand the grape, understand why it is a compliment, compliment to a meal, not something just to go and get drunk at mm. and that's then why we're so despised in places like you know spain and portugal and places like that because the brits on holiday just go and get drunk yeah yeah so anyway yeah it so is, back to my uh so back to my um yes my we curry house rabbit hole yeah then, sorry yeah <laughs> do you know what ian i think we may do that i'm <laughs> renowned for my rabbit holes but but basically um i went to this this curry house in may post lockdown and I said to the guy, I'm a teetotaler, what have you got? He said, uh, sparkling water, orange juice or Diet Coke. I said to him, look, I'm 58 years old. I've been drinking since I was 16. None of those three flavours go with a chicken madras. <laughs> and, and that was then the start of the conversation that said, well, why? Why, why can't you serve me an alcohol-free beer? Well, there's no call for it. Well, there is. You probably just don't cater for it. Yeah. And then we got down the conversation route about distribution and so on in the end bless him he let me go to the co-op around the corner and buy some uh, buy some alcohol free beer but it's um it's that element that got me to start to think and i then started to go around some restaurants and pubs and so on and just ask mm. not being from the drinks industry yeah i suddenly started to go well why and sometimes in in sales in particular you start with a why 
and then you plug that gap. Yes. And that's where the Alcohol Free Drinks Company was founded. It was started on a, well, why don't you stock it? And now I've become a bit more militant and I'm very much more into, I go into and I ask everybody and all the listeners to your fabulous podcast if they'll do one thing for me as well. Next time they go into any pub, restaurant, say, what's your choice of alcohol-free drinks? And uh, in fact, as I had a lunch meeting with a gentleman today, just down at a pub, just down the road here from this fabulous recording studio. And I said, what's your choice of alcohol-free? And they said, Heineken Zero. And I said, but that's not a choice. I asked what your choice of alcohol-free was. Nice. And it goes back to the point that my credit card is exactly the same as the two guys on the next table to me who are drinking pints. And I believe very passionately that the word choice should be used in conversation with proprietors of pubs and restaurants and so on, because it's a very important word. It says, I'm treating you as an adult. I'm treating you as a customer the same way as I treat other customers. I'm an inclusive venue. You might be pregnant. You could well have driven your car. And if you haven't got a choice of alcohol-free drinks, Mm. what does that say about you as a proprietor? I tell you, one of my biggest bugbears is weddings. So you go to a wedding, and the moment you walk through the door, there's a tray thrust at you with with sparkling something on it. And you say, actually, I don't drink. What have you got? And they say, oh, we think we can find you an orange juice. (laughs) No. Um, So I spoke to a man. I do food and drink festivals at the weekends. And I spoke to a really nice guy um, who was uh, teetotal. I didn't ask him why. He just is. And he'd recently got married. And he said, I had to stand up and toast my own bride with the orange juice of shame. At his own wedding. And um, the wonderful Hannah, who you had in here a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so I'd given her some miniature sparkling and she'd gone to her friend's wedding and she'd taken the, the wine with her. And she said to the venue, um, look, can I just have this to mm, toast? Mm, mm. They wouldn't let her, they wouldn't let they her, wouldn't her, let her open, do it. They wouldn't let her open it. Oh, my God. You know, it's corkage. Well, no, it isn't corkage. It's called choice. Yeah. I want to stand and toast my best friend. Yeah. At with a glass of sparkling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a bunch of people out there who are on this journey very, very early on and they're on a fine edge. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very difficult because you said it yourself earlier, Andy, you know, oh, oh what's up then? You know, what, yeah. why, what, why aren't you drinking? Is something up? Are you an alcoholic? Yeah. You know, um, this shaming game, you know, go on, have one. Just just one. One won't hurt you. Yeah. I mean, come on, come on, we're all having one. You know, we're going around, you know, all of these things that happen. And I'm sure that will resonate with some of my listeners, those those paraphrases that I'm throwing out there. But it's it's so true. However, I've also seen a gear shift. Andy, and you perhaps have too. Hannah, for example, is in her 20s. She Mm. doesn't drink alcohol and hasn't for quite some time. There is a generational thing coming now of the younger generation who are more health conscious. They're conscious about what they eat. They're conscious about what they do physically, exercise-wise. They're conscious about their well-being, stress levels, mental health. Mm. And encompassed in that is alcohol. Not all of them. There's There's still the groups of lads and girls who go out and get trolleyed every weekend but there is a new breed coming through Mm. and i love this that you gave me 
I, I hope I capture this on camera. If not, I will put it on my Instagram feed. It says, out with the old, in with the bold. Hangovers are so 2020. Absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely right. And that's why Hannah and I, um, we, we've come together to, to do the Alcohol Free Events Company. But we, we feel very passionately that for far too long, people who don't drink alcohol are seen as second class citizens. We did a tasting um, before we'd even launched the company. We did our first tasting over in Sowerby Bridge one evening. In fact, I'll just rewind it. I'll let you know how Hannah and I met. So I'd got this idea to do a tasting evening and I had no idea. I'd never done one before. And so my two sons uh, came and helped me at one of the play centres that I owned, Little Bees in Leeds. And I reached out to Hannah and I said, look, I'm doing this tasting session. Do you want to come along? It's free. I just want to see, try it. Yeah. And she then happened to say that it was the night before her 30th birthday. And so um, I got her this presentation box of these little bottles of wine and I gave it to her at the time. And I'm now a very big believer that the universe brings people together. I've met you, Ian, for a reason. Mm. And I don't know what that reason is. And, and I'm a big believer. And, and Hannah and I had had a nice chat and everything. And as she was leaving, she was going down the corridor and she just turned to me and she said, oh, do you know, maybe we could do a festival together. And the moment she said the word festival, the back of my neck went up and I just went, yeah, we will. And then... Fast forward it, we're suddenly doing car fest together. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know the interesting thing about that is two things. Firstly, what you say about why we've met. I don't know, really know why a lot of my guests I've met in the past, I've got no idea, but they seem to have come back in my life just at the right time. Yeah. Um, and my friend, I um, hope you don't mind me giving your name out, Tony Graham, uh, he, he quotes this synchronicity. When he explained it fully, because I think I'd misinterpreted what he meant, it's marvellous, you know, it's about synchronised time that people come and sometimes leave your lives. Yeah. It's, it's for a reason. And whatever your beliefs are, there's something powerful happening in human connectivity at that point. Yeah. And with Hannah, it's it's a very interesting uh, thing that you mentioned there. And then obviously into events and when your hair stood up on the back mm. of your neck and you just know, don't you? But yeah. the interesting thing is, I'll bet a pound to a penny old phrase there, listeners, um, uh, that, that you, didn't, you didn't know how you were going to do it. And to nope. quote Mr. Branson himself, Mr. Richard Branson, uh, one of the greatest entrepreneurs ever, um, like him or, or loathe him, he is, he quotes, if an opportunity comes your way and you're not quite sure how to do it, say yes, then figure it out well, later. So, so exactly to that point. So this is, this is how it happened. So I had... I had seen that Carfest were going to do a no and low area. So in my usual, my gob will write a check that my brain has at some point got to cash. <laughs> um, I I contacted the Carfest people and I said, yes, I can do you an alcohol-free bar. I never <laughs> run a bar ever in my life. Um, and, and so I got through the first few stages of an interview and this kind of stuff. And... I knew that I'd known Hannah for a reason. And so I phoned her up one evening and I said, um, I said, yeah, she'd just been made redundant and she wasn't quite sure where she was going to go. And we just had a real chat. And I said, well, look, um, would you help this car fest thing? And then we just started talking and we said, well, let's formulate it into a company. And, and that's how it started, that we, we very much um, believe that promoting choice in however way we can do it it just 
it just tells people that it's normalizing it. Mm. Um, as as do you know some of my customers. I've got a fabulous customer in Manchester called Band on the Wall. Mm. who are completely redeveloping their mm. drinks menu to be able to offer every single cocktail, yeah. alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Yeah, I've got lots of customers with the Pims who do Pims, alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Yeah, it's normalising choice it. as well. Exactly, it's Lo- just loads choice. and loads of choice. You yeah. know, I, I, I've I've experienced it so many times. Been into bars. I'm like, mm, you know, I don't want another Coke. You know, oh, I, God, I, I don't yeah. want another. I don't want another. I don't want what my sixteen year old child will have. I'm I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is another another interesting point, isn't it? You're of a similar age to me. Hmm? Um, there is a generational gap between you and Hannah. You're both on a sobriety journey. Yeah. But I bet if all three of us got around the table, we'd have common denominators in our story. Absolutely. May I ask you, since you stopped drinking, how is life? It's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, aside of aside of the the fallout of the yes, yes. grenade that I threw <clears throat> into the lives of people who I held dear. Yeah. Um, my my own personality now is so different. I was an angry sod. At life, oh god, Um, road rage was an an amazing thing. I I used to suffer badly from road rage. Mm. I was always angry, Ian. Mm. You know, and um, I, I just started to feel once, once I'd come to terms with this is why I've quit. I, I actually quit using something called I am sober. Uh, It's an app, and I am sober. Uh, I think that plus obviously my alcohol-free drinks, which I used very much mm. as a as a as a as a crutch, if you like, to mm. to help me get through it. Mm. But the I am sober app was brilliant because mm. you join, and every week you join, you join with everybody across the world who's downloaded the app on that same week. So I joined with six thousand eight hundred and thirty-six other people that week, and therefore you then go into chat rooms and you. So do you, you feel chat. sort of accountable? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel very accountable for. Um, well, I'm talking about when you're on the app. So you're meeting. Oh, you're meeting, yeah, 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 yeah. So this community. Yeah. So you, but you're there like to support each other. No, uh, yeah, and, and uh, accountable is probably the wrong word. More, I mean, accountable for the journey you're about to go on. So yeah. it keeps you in check. They, you know? they're very much, and I, I'm, I'm not an AA type of person. Um, only in the the, it was too rigid for me. Yeah. Um, I did. I did have a chat with a few people, and I felt it was rigid. Although now, some subsequently, I understand the more spiritual side of it, which actually is something I probably would get on with and would enjoy. But, but at the end that, of the day, it's different strokes for different. Absolutely. Folks, you know, and, and, and I, not, every, not everything. But what is it taught me, and is similar to AA, is just take it one day at a time. Yeah. Today, I will not have a drink. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. And so you've you've given out a little little shout out. I will as well because. Uh, for me, um, I used a different process, which I found absolutely incredible. It worked for me. It didn't work for everybody in that room who was who was with me on on the day. But it was Alan Carr, not the comedian. Everybody, yeah. uh, easy E A Z Y way to quit alcohol, and that is a very very interesting process. You, you do have to self fund it, uh, but um, uh, fabulous results for anybody mm. who's who's listening to this and thinking, well, I'd love to, but I can't, you know, or, or, or I'd love to, but I don't know how. Um, so thank you for sharing the, the oh, app. The app and, I think the thing, Ian, and, and things like this fabulous podcast, hopefully get people to understand 
We should talk about Raise it. Raise awareness. Just, to, just talk about talk it. about it. Yeah. In the same way as we were talking about men's mental health, more and more people just need to talk about it. Do not be apologetic. Do not be shy. Do not be Joe. Yeah, I don't drink. This is where the whole bold positioning came from. You know, the the um, the bold positioning is about saying to people, be empowered because you don't drink. It's mm. fine to say you mm. don't drink. When I started my sober journey, I remember, um, and I didn't have to do this because the coaching and, the, and the, the mentoring I'd been given, I was strong enough, but I still resisted social activity yeah. for six months. Hmm. So don't worry, listeners, that's not, that's not, you don't have to do that. You didn't do that, did you? Um, no, I tell you the one I, I really struggled with. I felt that my trigger would have been wine. Right. Because that was what I had a problem with. And I was um, invited to, and I will, I will say very happily, I won an award for B2B Startup of the Year. Um, with, but I would, with the Alcohol, with the alcohol Free. Free Drinks Company, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, but I phoned the organisers and I said, look, I'm, I don't want to sit at that table. You know the standard yeah, kind of awards dinner? Yeah, the awards dinner, the you round know, you've table. You've got the round table and, on the table and they just... Exactly. So I said, look, I don't... I don't I want, I'd love to come, but I don't want to come because that's going to be the one thing I think that I'm going to struggle with. Yeah. And they went, no, no, don't worry, it's it's completely different. And it was. It was actually really nicely done, and um, they let me bring in my own wine and, and uh, beers and so on. Um, but I felt that that was probably going to be the only time. Mm. Other than that, I've been quite happily going yeah. to... Uh, when Band on the Wall reopened, I went to the Craig Charles Funk and Soul night there and loved it. Absolutely yeah. danced until the early hours yeah. uh, and was just just me, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I can resonate with that because when I did realise that I couldn't let, keep myself locked away like a hermit just because I wasn't drinking alcohol... Um, and I'd been on a few things and it wasn't really a problem, but then I found myself at a big social Irish function. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not casting aspersions on Irish people, but those Irish listeners that are listening, and I know I have some friends who are Irish, um, you do like a little tipple. So, and um, you're fun to be with when, when that happens in most, most occasions. And I was an English guy in, a, in an Irish environment, but I was the first on the dance floor. Yeah, cool. You know, and I had a blast. It was an absolute brilliant night. Yeah. And the next morning I was down for breakfast with a few people <laughs> that sort of empowered me to, to realise that life without alcohol is actually pretty damn good. For me personally, my life has improved. And you yeah. were talking about the benefits, just to finish off on things like that with your your attitude to going out and dancing at a wedding or whatever. It comes from within. And it's actually your true personality that's coming out. It's your out. true personality, and that's where there's a bit of kidology with alcohol because it's sort of, some people say, I'm having one for Dutch courage. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having one because um, uh, without a drink, I don't dance. That's not actually true. Mm. You're lying to yourself. If you dance with a drink, you can dance without a drink. Quite right. Well, there's, there was a very interesting article, I don't know if you saw it in The Telegraph on Monday, and it was called The Lies We Tell Ourselves About right. Alcohol. It's an it, amazing, amazing article. But it, 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 um, the benefits, truly, yes, there are things like my sleep. I mean, my goodness, when I sleep, you could pull the house down around me. It, it just, I go and go, go deep and it's great. 
Um, but actually, I think it's the um, the understanding of self worth mm. that actually stopping alcohol and having enough of a control over my own life. Mm. You know, I am, as I say, in terribly sad about what happened and how I mm. how I was when I was mm. uh, who I was. Mm. But today I'm not. Today mm. I'm I'm mm. trying. Today I'm. Just trying to make a difference. And let's just underpin that strong message you've just given out there, Andy. Remind me, you're 50... 59. So, you know, that is not old, firstly, let me Thank say that. Thank you very that. much indeed. I'd like to say middle-aged. Middle-aged, that's a great <laughs> answer. Um, people who are listening to this who maybe realise that, you know, if they're honest with themselves, they have a little bit too much. Um, and we're not here to say... Don't drink alcohol. No. We're here to say have a choice. So if you're going somewhere and you're driving, you want to go to that venue and there's lots of options for you rather than just a glass of Coke or orange juice or some water. Mm. And, you know, let's just let's just both together collectively encourage people listening to this that it doesn't matter how old you are. If you want to change a lifestyle choice, you can. Correct. The, 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 the phrase that I often use with people is flexi drinking. If you want to flexi drink, if you're a drinker, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I have no problem. And actually, it helps you. I've got a little story about this. So my best performing pub, who's got beer on draft, is a fabulous place called the Fox and Goose. Just let me pull you a second. How odd does that sound? My best performing pub, yet you sell alcohol-free drinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's, a, it's a wonderful environment. It's a camera gold award-winning gold award pub who've totally embraced alcohol. Who is the pub? Let's give them a It's the plug. Fox and Goose in Hebden, in Hebden Bridge. There we go. Okay. And, um, and they... Uh, they now have a, a beer on tap all the time. So I'm delivering in 30 litre key kegs of beer. And alcohol free on Correct. tap. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. And we, we, at the moment, we've got five different varieties where we cycle through those five. So give people choice. So they, they, um, they perform really well. They're performing at 34% against their lager sales and now alcohol free beer on tap. Wow. And I was there for the England Wales game. Um, for the rugby and I'm sat there and I'm you know I'm, I've got my pint in my hand and all the banter and all the chat and everybody's having a really good time two fellas behind me and I uh, I said to them oh I see you're drinking Paradiso IPA he said yeah he said um, we're drinking two keg two two keg one Paradiso and two keg and one Paradiso I said that's great you're flexi drinking he said not really he said mate we've been here since the Scotland game at half 11 we won't see the end of the England Wales game unless we do something like that but I said to them look I don't mind it's great that you've embraced alcohol free yeah, yeah, beer but, to yeah and I really love it because again from a and, and, we're, and we're trying to abolish this this is this is what your mission is my it's not my mission but um, it, it's just my desire to just again educate people and give them choice but how nice is it that i could walk into your friend's pub and i could have a pint off of a keg nobody would know yeah nobody would say oh what are you having then i could easily say i'm having a pint exactly i don't have to say it's a pint of alcohol free well going back to the men's mental health thing as well you know when if a guy's struggling and he's struggling particularly from an alcohol perspective he does not want to go in to a pub and drink a pint of Diet Coke. And have this pressure. Exactly. Yeah. So I am on a mission, and it really is one of my main missions, is to get as many venues as possible to have beer on draft. 
And it's one of the reasons why Hannah and I are doing the festival bar. We're trying desperately to to actually sign a contract with somebody to actually run festival bars next year at a big uh, nationwide group of festivals to be able to put it on draft because then people are walking around with a pint. That's it. They're just walking around with a pint. No one's questioning. No one's judging. It's just a pint. It's just a pint. And you've come into the studio today and I'll post this uh, photographs on, on, on my media. You've bought us all a beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a nice hot day. And uh, the studio yeah. man manager, Chris, who's behind in the other room and yourself and I, we're going to have a... We're going to have a cold, what, what, have a cold what, 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 imported honest, German Weiss beer yeah. uh, in a Weiss beer glass. In a Weiss time. beer glass, in an yeah. ice glass. I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, you brought this leaflet in as well. Yes. Now, this intrigues me because... So this it is... is uh, it is... I'm just going to, again, yeah. get that in front of the camera. Welcome to Wonderland, brought to you by Bold at Left Bank Leeds on the 27th of September. Doors open at 7 Students ten pounds, standard twelve pounds, on the door fifteen pounds. So you're actually you're rocking. Yeah, you're, you're rocking. So it, you? what Left Bank have have agreed is they're going to take their bar out completely. We're going to put in a full alcohol free bar, including beer on draft. Yeah, I'll be having a couple of selections of beer on draft. We're theming it uh, Alice in Wonderland. We've got a fabulous, fabulous drag artist called Charity, who's going to come as the Queen of Hearts, and she's going to. MC the whole evening, and we're going to have uh, boozeless bingo. We're going to have human chess, uh, and then uh, and it says here, fancy dress is highly encouraged. Quite right too. <laughs> yeah, highly encouraged. Um, but it's it's partly about um, that's in Freshers Week, and it's part of Left Bank's alternative Freshers Week. And I'm very passionate again, going back to stopping sober shaming. Seven freshers in this country die every year oh my as a direct man. result of alcohol. Really? Be that that they've completely drunk and fall out of a window, or oh, they actually are, in some instances, people who have, let's say, uh, been at a private school who've never really had exposure to, in inverted commas, the real world, who then go and are then forced to drink to go and get into the badminton club or whatever. And they, the assumption when you go to Freshers' Week is that actually it's a week to go and get completely blasted and that's what you have to do. And what we're trying to do with our event is say, no, you don't. You can come and have a fantastic evening and we are going to make that night the best possible night we can mm. just to prove to people that you can have a damn good time without alcohol. Yeah. And and if we can if we can promote this as a way, we'd love to go around some of the other universities mm. and just talk to people. I would love to go into to schools and colleges and just talk to younger kids and say, you don't have to follow that norm. You, we, you were talking about, and you're right, 38% uh, of Gen Z don't drink. And I've said it probably won't happen in my lifetime, but I think in about 50 years' time, when there are two more generations beyond this Gen Z, that you will see alcohol becoming more like smoking is today. Yes, it's still there. It's still understood. But they will, their Gen Z's children's children yep. will be very much so. You know, if 38% of Gen Z today don't drink, imagine what two more generations below yeah. that could be. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Again, 
not anti-alcohol. You know, the 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 uh, the government suggests that the number of units that you should have a year, uh, a week. That's all fine, but it's your choice. Mm. If you choose to imbibe an addictive substance like alcohol, that's your choice. Mm. But for me personally, you know, the trouble that you end up with in Saturday nights at A and E, the vast majority of that is alcohol related. Alcohol related. Yeah, it is. I could talk to you all day, uh, but I'm, I'm conscious that, you know, I try and keep these podcasts... Too yeah, and I've got to... customers to go and see as well, so I, I'd probably best... Uh, <laughs> but, 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 i tell you what's but, been but, great about it. But let's wrap up by yeah, asking, yeah. if I may, one final, not question, message. Yeah. Oh, Ian, firstly, thank you for yeah. giving me this opportunity. I've well, never been my... asked to do a podcast in my it's life. It's my pleasure. Um, my, my message to people is just to... Um, to be more inclusive and accepting of people who just don't want to have alcohol. They're still regular people. They're still mums, dads. They just don't want alcohol. Yeah. That's all. Or young, or young people just... Or young people who up. don't want it. And, it, it, you know, going back to why the alcohol-free drinks company exists is just to promote choice. Mm. And so if we can have choice and tolerance in society and... I will get on my soapbox about sober shaming again. Stop sober shaming. Yeah. Stop it. Every single person who ever thinks to try and belittle somebody by going, what do you mean? You don't go on. You, you, you can have Let's one. Stop it. Stop it. Get that out of society. After that, keep smiling and be happy. Thank you. One last thing I always say to all of my guests, how can we find you? Well, so alcoholfreedrinks.co.uk. That's my, my main website. Um, just there's a contact form on there. Um, Hannah and I are the alcohol-free events company. Um, we're at Bold with a zero, not an O, a Bold uh, events uh, on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Myself personally is alcohol-free drinks company. Um, so, yeah. And you're also on LinkedIn. And I'm on LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn as well because it seems more as a social platform to be able to kind of talk to people who can make decisions. Yeah. The people who make decisions who say, well, there's not much call for alcohol-free, I won't bother. You know, they're the ones that I need to get to. So, yeah, yeah hook me up on LinkedIn, definitely. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, give us a message on my website or whatever. I'm happy to talk to anybody, happy to talk to people who want some help um, and who can understand that alcohol-free drinks can really help you have that adult drink experience. And if you have the adult drink experience and you then embrace the fact that you're having that without alcohol, you will feel better. I never wish bad on anybody, okay? And I am very sorry that you went through a turbulent time in your life. And yeah. I'm sure you're still healing from that. Very much so. But what I will add is it's been an absolute pleasure <sighs> because you've turned your life around. Thank you. And you're doing something very, very positive for a lot of people. So thank oh, you, Andy. Cheers. Thanks ever so much. And it's been terrific to meet you. And I, I loved your podcast with Hannah. And uh, I think she's a terrific person. How lucky am I to be in business with somebody so creative? You are. You are. All very the best, much. Andy. Thanks cheers. very much. Thanks ever so much. I think you'll agree that was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's So What's Your Story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, 
or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to So What's Your Story?